Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got a very nice man who's going to do some wonderful editing. Uh, Ali. Yeah, it's the, it's the professional host. How are you doing, <laughs> I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks for having me. No, oh, thank you for coming on. Right, so this week we're going to talk about the uh, Champions League. Uh, we're going to talk about the Premier League games coming up. There was a Premier League game in midweek. Uh, European League, bits and bobs of news. So we're going to start on Tuesday night in the Champions League. Sporting Lisbon nil, Manchester City 5. So... Um, Raheem Sterling, uh, Ria Morris scored. Then Bernardo Silva with uh, a very, very nice hat-trick. Um, Benfica fan, uh, Bernardo Silva, because he got booed absolutely every opportunity <laughs> when he touched the ball. Uh, and then Raheem Sterling with a lovely curling shot at the end. Um, Raheem Sterling now has as many Champions League goals as Leeds, which is pretty good to know. <laughs> Nice little dig into the, the boss man now. Yeah, he was going to join us. I'm glad he's not. <laughs> uh, uh, joint biggest away win in the knockout stage of the competition. Uh, Pep, quote unquote, more than delighted. Um, City, 64% possession, 15 shots. Uh, they absolutely dominated this game. Um, what do you want to talk about? Bernardo Silva's goal or Raheem Sterling's goal? Uh, I can't remember Sterling's goal. So... He sort of curled... Yeah, he sort of curled it from about 20 yards out, didn't he? It was 5-0, wasn't it? Yes. Silva got a hat trick. Foden scored one, and Mares scored one. Have you? Have I? Okay. Oh well. Somebody else there. It must have been Phil Foden with a go- lovely goal. No. Hmm? Only the, the only good goal in the game was uh, Bernardo Silva, like half volley, smashed into the roof of the net off the bar. Well, that one I was going to talk about because that's re. I thought that was quite a hard technique because he's having to stretch and it's difficult not to lean back uh, and stretch and um, uh, and sort of knock it. 20 feet over the bar. I thought that was quite a really good technique that he that he employed there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's, um, it's as much as I dislike the player on a personal level. Um, <laughs> he's, 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 his ability is outstanding. You know, he's just incredible. As you, as you say, that technique is it's, it's, it's almost luck in a way because it's, it's almost impossible to, as you say, he was kind of stretching, mm. moving fast. To be able to keep it that, you know, down... Um, I think they commented. He was said, "I can't remember." Was it Martin Keown, maybe? Um, that I was listening on commentary uh, on the obviously on the the highlight package that I seen when I watched it back, and I'm sure it says like even the keeper was lucky to get near it, you know, because he's hitting it so quick. Mm. You have no idea where the ball is going to go. It's 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 special. I love goals like that more than like the you know the fresh imaginary goals that you see in Raheem Sterling score. Well, no, no, he did. It's, right, I got it wrong. Bernardo Silva scored two. He didn't have a hat-trick. So, Mari scored, Silva scored two, Foden scored one, like you said, and then Sterling did score. 
So I, I got Bernardo Silva down as a hat trick. He only scored a brace, and um, he only scored a hat trick. Well, I thought he did as well, but, but I think he had one ruled out, didn't he? Maybe. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. So I didn't see the Sterling goal. I don't know how I missed that. Ah, okay. I, I've seen the three silver goal. So what was the goal dis- disallowed for? Uh, let's have a little look. Oh, this is top quality research, isn't it? Yeah. You don't get this on your Sunday show, do you? <laughs> That's because I let the, the professionals talk. I saw this on the BBC earlier. I'm sure you had one disallowed. Yeah, no, he did. Now that I just went and checked, like the actual score, it doesn't matter anyway. So, 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 talk me through Sterling's goal. Uh, well, it probably didn't happen this way, but from what I remember, he picked up a ball about 25, maybe 30 yards out, uh, passed from midfield, and I think he took it inside uh, onto his right foot and curled it into the keeper's top left from about 25 yards out, I think. It was a really, really nice goal. So Sterling obviously kind of splits opinions with a lot of people. What's your thoughts on Sterling? I quite like him. Liverpool fan in general, but... Yeah, I, I quite like it. And, I mean, I know he left us in a very particular way. Um, I'd like to think that was more agent-driven than player-driven. But I think for what he's done off the pitch and some of the awareness he's raised off the pitch, and I think to have come through that uh, and be the player he is, and I think the fact that he does incredibly well for England, he just seems a really nice guy as well. So I've got no truck with him. Yeah, same. I think he made the right decision. Like, we were terrible at the time. Oh, yeah. I don't blame him for doing what he did, yeah. Um, I think we got a good deal for the player that we were selling at the time. Yeah. Um, but I also believe Man City got him for a bargain. Yeah. Because 50, what, 50 million? Yep. Um, they could have really sold him for so much more. Who um, would we have reinvested that in? We wouldn't have bought Mo with that, would we? No, no. Mo was well after that. So that was... Did we not sell Suarez and uh, Sterling the same season? 2000. No, no. so Suarez would have gone the season before because he won the treble with Barcelona in 2015. Yeah, yeah, Sterling left in 2015. So, yeah, so we wouldn't replace him and Mo. But maybe we bought Bobby. (laughs) Maybe we bought Bobby with that money. I don't know. Do you know what? We would have. It would have been Bobby and used him as a fullback. (laughs) Was it? I don't know who we'd have signed. I, I genuinely can't can't think, and we'll not waste time on the. the <laughs> um, no fair but, um, on. on on the on the game, Silva's goal was disallowed for offside. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Raheem Sterling's was a really lovely finish. Yeah. Uh, Would you? So, yeah. Manchester City have obviously. I think they got something like forty-three out of forty-five points in the Premier League. They're winning this game very easily, five-nil. Do you find that? sort of monotonously boring or do you sort of appreciate the quality of play you see or you know, and you're quite happy with how they play or, or um, yeah or do you think you know there needs to be a bit more competition <laughs> so you're, you're obviously been really cool as a Liverpool fan it's going to come across really terrible <laughs> Man City are phenomenal like, yeah just on whenever a team is playing at their best say like hypothetically they are the second best team in the world I still firmly believe, and even in non-biased way, I think when we're at our best, we are better than City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're just talking best be best. But Man City are just, we say it every week on the Sunday show, they're just boring. Um, I have no, as good as they are, I've like Barcelona, when Barcelona used to be good. Um, Emma, if you're listening, remember those times? <laughs> but they were just boring. You know, they kind of bore teams to death. Yeah. They're passing about, passing about, because they're so good. 
so you can't you can't fault them. Um, but again, real again, this sounds really bitter. But shouldn't they be that good? How much money have they spent? Well, yeah, no, very much. I mean, you could spend all that money and still play sort of horrible mm. Mourinho ball. I guess. I mean, I, I guess they're playing. Yeah. Wonderful attacking football, I suppose. That, that sounds like a dig at Man United, there, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. <laughs> no, but you're right. But Pep, again, I'm I'm not Pep's biggest fan. I, I genuinely believe he needs the best players to be good. And it sounds stupid because why wouldn't you? But I, I don't believe, like, if Pep was in charge of the Liverpool team, because we've got some quite average players hmm. in our team, I, I just don't think he can get the best out of average players. He needs to spend you know, big money to get them and obviously the Barcelona players that he had, the Xavi and the Esther, Messi, etc, etc. Mm. Um he inherited but he's an attacky he? coach regardless. You know, he wants that that style of football. So he's always going to create attacking players, hence spending money like what did they they spend fifty million on Kyle Walker? Mm-hmm. Who might be the worst defensive fullback we've seen in the Premier League, you know, at top level. But he's so good going forward and he his recovery pace is so quick. Which basically makes up for his poor defensive ability well I really hope she doesn't listen to this week's podcast because <laughs> your ears are properly burning afterwards <laughs> he knows my opinion about that. He, he is, for me he's a fraud I don't care what anybody says <laughs> he's, he's, he's good but he's nowhere near he shouldn't be in the competition he shouldn't be in the list with like the great managers that we've had in, in football okay uh, well, look, we'll move on to the, the uh, other game on Tuesday night. So it's PSG 1, Real Madrid 0. Uh, a last-minute goal from Kylian Mbappe uh, in the 22nd minute. That was, uh, sorry, the 22nd goal of the season, a 90th-minute goal for him. Um, Paul Manning giving, or you've been giving poor Danny Carvajal the runaround all, all game. There was um, the first half where, uh, I think if he'd fallen over in the penalty area and got a penalty, Carvajal could have been in some serious trouble about being sent off, but he chose to stay on his feet, Mbappe did, and... Um, he sort of missed his shot. Then he won the penalty as Carvajal dived in on him, which Messi then missed. Um, and then uh, in the last minute, he sort of gets into that same area again, uh, turns his player inside and shoots. I mean, when the goal went in, I thought it went past um, Courtois, but it went between his legs, didn't it? It did, yeah. I think he'll be quite disappointed because he had a really good game. Yes, he did. Yeah, obviously the penalty save, which isn't isn't a big shock. I, I put it in our chat to Emma that Messi might be the worst penalty taker. You know, if you took look at the top players, um, I feel like I'm just going all in on Barcelona here. Hey, do you know what Sergio Aguero would say about you? Yeah, Aguero. Yeah, he said he would say, but well, no, he's been saying that people who uh, criticise Leo Messi are quote unquote assholes. That's what he would call you. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. To be. <laughs> But I'm also not wrong that Messi is a terrible penalty taker. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this game was very... How much did you see? Did you watch this game in the full, Chris? No, I didn't. But I saw... Um, I, I, I seen the highlights, and I think I saw most of the first half. So, yeah. It was a really hard watch, considering the players we had on show. Um, I, I thought Ancelotti got his tactics technically spot on. Yeah. I thought, Player-wise, he maybe could have a, different, a few different changes, um, but they just look laboured, Real, compared to like a really energetic PSG for once. Um, it's the first time I'd really watched PSG this season, and they were they were they were good, as you say, they were just relentless uh, attacking the fullbacks. But uh, I'm really looking forward to the second leg of this, especially when they know away goals through. Anyway. Yeah, I think it could just be one of those. 
like it could be anything between one one and five three because that's what I kind of hoped this game was going to be. That's why I watched it. Mm. And uh, uh, yeah, it let me down. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that um, the fact that the game was so stodgy played entirely into Ancelotti's hands? He wanted the game to be like that because it did take until the very last minute to score, didn't it? Yeah, but it wasn't through not creating chances. Well, you know, it was the, the chances were there. It was just kind of last ditch or really good goalkeeping. Uh, I think Ancelotti would have hoped for, you know, more more of a less less defensive what sort of thing, less less chances and a couple of attacking, you know, counter attacks. Yeah, yeah, never really looked dangerous. Can't think of many. No, I mean you could. I can't remember Donnarumma touching the ball really. Uh, and let's be honest, PSG aren't great defensively, and they just. They didn't look panicked whatsoever, and then when you can bring players like Neymar off the bench as well, yeah, it just what I mean. I'm not the biggest Neymar fan, but what an outlet you've got for for 10, 15 minutes, as you say, after the, the Real fullbacks were were exhausted because yeah. they were just getting ran it all day. Like Mbappe wasn't at his best, um, but he, he's relentless. He just doesn't stop, doesn't give up. It's interesting what you said about Donnarumma because there was a couple of times in the first half I noticed he was about sort of twenty five yards out his goal. I think he must be yeah. bored or wanting to join in. It's like it's like when you're playing like you know at our level. It's just like when you're not a goalkeeper and you get thrown in goal and you're just standing about and you just start <laughs> keeping and keeping and trying to get those pass backs. <laughs> uh, right, move on to Wednesday night. So um, in Italy, it was Inter Milan nil Liverpool two goals from Bobby and uh, Mo. Uh, Eight hundred appearances for James Milner in his career. That's pretty cool isn't it um i've written here so i've watched only i mean i've pretty much switched on as soon as bobby scored so i've only seen the last sort of 15 minutes or so so i'll bow down to your sort of greater knowledge of that but from what i could make out um watching the highlights afterwards liverpool have been a bit sluggish and the substitution of bringing on uh Firmino in 45 minutes and then hendo diaz and kaitan 60 minutes that sort of helped turn the table in our favor a bit is that fair mm, kind of yeah. So there's a, there's a, a a false narrative going around okay. that Inter were good and deserved more of this game. No, Liverpool. It was a really bad first half. We we were terrible, and I genuinely felt we were going to lose, but not because Inter were good. It just looked like one of those performances. You know, it was just both teams were. It was entertaining, but it was just sloppy entertaining. In what way were we poor? Just, it was just. A bit like you said, the sluggish and laboured was probably a good. I thought Harvey Elliott. I thought the, I thought the occasion overawed him a little bit. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you what you thought of him. Quite. I mean, like, what is he? Eighteen, maybe nineteen. Yeah. yeah. First game in the San Siro and first Champions League game, maybe, or first game in the San Siro anyway. Just looked a bit. He looked out his depth. He looked like an eighteen-year-old. Okay. You know, which is no no shame. Um, so he looked a bit. I mean, the best way I could put it is Van Dyke and Canati were our best players. Um, so make of that what you want. I mean, Fabs was good, did his usual, but Canati and Van Dyke just made it look effortlessly. And I said to you off the pod, and I'd be as well saying it and getting ready for the, the world of abuse, but I genuinely believe Virgil Van Dyke might be the greatest defender of all time. He just makes everything look effortless. Um, and then, as you say, the subs came on. Fabino came on for Jota. Jota hurt his ankle. Was that at half time or just before? That was around about half time, wasn't it? I don't. Th- I don't think he's going to play this weekend. No, no, he's, his ankle's swollen, so it's twisted ankle, and he'd obviously hurt his knee at the weekend as well. That's why he was a yeah, sub. Yeah, that's right. So, 
couple of weeks rest might be might be good for him, maybe longer depending on how it goes. But you knew Klopp wasn't happy with how it was going. We had a 15 minute spell in the second half where Inter were kind of on top, like relentless. Yeah, we just couldn't get out. Like Van Dyke defending like a madman, and then he made a triple sub, which he said bringing on Henderson, Naby, and Diaz, mm. or I believe it was Manny, Elliot, and Fabinho. Actually, he took Fabinho off and just left Naby on with Henderson. Uh, who did I say came on? No, did Naby start? No, Naby. So uh, substitutes on the hour were uh, Hendo, Diaz, and Kainter. Yeah, so who? Fabs. Oh, Thiago stayed on. That's why. So that's Thiago, right, yeah. Thiago, Naby, and Henderson. So Thiago went into the six, and then Henderson and Keita came on. And obviously, the the Henderson fans will tell you that he made the difference. But again, it was just Thiago can control a game. You know, he's passing. It's just disgusting how good, <laughs> how good he is. And he was quite terrible in the first half. Mm. Like, not terrible, but. Just couldn't get on. Mo looked like he was still in the Af- African Cup of Nations. Um, and Mari, I don't know what's going on with Mari just now, but it was just, yeah, just overall pool. Firmino wasn't great when he called. He kept giving the ball away, but he was everywhere. So it just kind of upset her a little bit. Mm. Um, Henderson, he, we know what he brings. He, he keeps it fairly simple. I think, I think I've seen a sat, stat that he won 95. He, he had a 95% completion accuracy when he came on. Um, which is phenomenal. I mean, that's what you want as an impact sub. I'm quite happy for him to be that and play him in the games, you know, certain games in the Premier League. And Naby was just, he's just that driving force. I know not everybody's a fan of him, but I think when he gets a run of games in him, if he can stay fit, that's the biggest complaint I'll ever have. I was going to say, I, I don't think he's ever had a chance. I mean, if people do criticise him, like you say, but I just don't think he's had a chance because of his fitness. And you can't help being injured, I guess, can you? Oh, that's it. Yeah, I don't think Klopp. I don't think Klopp trusts him as well, which doesn't help mm. because Liverpool fans are a bit mental, so they believe that Jurgen Klopp can literally do no wrong. Um, like if, if if Klopp was to sign like a non-league player who never played a game, but it's okay because Klopp knows best if you're not some. Um, but I, I mean, you'll know more on Diaz than I will. As I, as I said to your pod, I'm not really a massive football. I had no idea who Diaz was before he signed for us. Uh, absolutely no idea and he's he's just done nothing but impress me since he signed in even last night had a couple of like pot shots from 20-25 yards that mm. didn't come close to really scoring but it was just the fact that he was willing to get the ball and he was really direct you know running at defenders yeah um, and that, that was it and then obviously we got the we got the goal from Robertson who might have been the worst player in the park <laughs> all game just looked terrible and then he's crossing her. I just finished complaining in our WhatsApp group for the Liverpool chat about I was sick of Robertson crossing the ball <laughs> and then he puts in an absolute wonderful in-swinging corner and uh, Firmino flicks up right into the back post goalkeeper didn't really cover on selling glory but lovely and then No have you seen the picture on Twitter um, someone replacing um, Hamdanovic with a picture of a chair <laughs> Oh really? Yeah <laughs> for, for Moe's goal yeah I like Diaz because he um Oh, do, you, do you know what? You know when you go out and you go out for a picnic and you eat something sugary and you've got this annoying bee that you just have to keep waving away and just won't leave you alone? That's Luis Diaz. He's yes, just an absolute yes. bundle of energy. He's brilliant. I love him to bits already. It reminds me of like what Firmino was when he first signed. Yeah. With, more, with a more attacking intent. Yes. Um, as you say, let's go back to what you said right at the start. James Milner's 800th appearance um, 
like professional appearance. Do you know he's made more appearances for Liverpool than any other club? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, I found that strange when you think how long he was at Villa and Leeds. Yeah, and you think of his age as well. Yeah, I think it was probably he got lots of games for them. Obviously, he's young, but obviously he's he's been fairly consistent for us. Um, do you know when we signed? Just going back to the Sterling money, when did we sign James Milner? Two thousand sixteen. Two thousand fifteen, sixteen. Right Can after we, we sold Sterling, yeah. Because so was a while. Sterling though. money. We signed James Milner on a free. Danny Ings tribunal money. Adam Bogdan. We signed Joe Gomez, Bobby Firmino. Nathaniel Klein, Christian Benteke. Bloody hell. That's a rogues yeah. gallery, isn't it? I think only yeah. Bobby Marshall is... Kuzik and then Stephen Colker on loan. Stephen Colker, emergency striker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, say, we sold that year. We sold Barini, Lambert, Sterling, Mankio went on loan. Or well, terminated. And Sebastian Quates. Oh, yeah. He played against City the other day. Yeah, we had loads of players out on loan as well, but... Obviously, they don't matter, but yeah. So that was the that was the money. Just when you said the Milner one, I was curious. <laughs> but yeah, so he's made more appearances for Liverpool than any other club, which I, I thought was quite impressive. Yeah, um, very much. I thought I, the. Carry on. No, sorry. I was just going to talk about the game. I thought at nil nil that Perisic cross that was just a, sort of half a centimetre too far ahead of Martinez. That I thought that was yes. quite a crucial moment as well because he had that sort of gold gaping at his mercy, didn't he? Yeah. 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 That was. Uh, and do you know what? Like. Allison for the last five ten minutes as well dealt with a couple of crosses. Yeah, you know, really coming, you know, quite high ones as well. That expected them maybe just to tip over, but you know, he was full of confidence, got it. And what I love about Allison, even like we were two 0 up and we're still, we could have kind of coasted. As soon as he gets the ball, it's straight out on the attack as well. You know, just yeah, it's, it's what I love. Again, um, I, I'd rather lose four three than like sit defensive. You know, the way as we talked about Man United and stuff like that. It's, yeah. At least it's it's attacking, but well, like it's, it's, it's another three points. It's one. It's beat both Milan teams at the San Siro this season. Yeah, including a Nat Phillips Cruyff turn. <laughs> yes, I, I, I did <laughs> want to. Um, that will stay to, with us forever. I want to forget he existed. No. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, you know we're undefeated in the Champions League. Seven wins out of seven. Yeah, and we've beaten um, we've beaten last season's Spanish champions, last season's Italian champions, the team that are currently top of. Um, Serie A as well we've beaten this season so we're doing alright aren't we yeah we're not bad we're not yeah. bad we, um, we, we play the big teams and no doubt Man City will get the next they'll get Salzburg or something in the, <laughs> in the next round <laughs> well speaking of Salzburg they drew 1-1 at home with Bayern Munich so um, Adamu opened the scoring for Salzburg um, Philip Cohn made some very good saves in goal for RB Salzburg yes. yeah he did really well that one where he sort of came running across goal and, and sort of got on the floor to save from that follow up was excellent yeah um, yeah and then Kingsley Coman scored in the 90th minute to equalise. Uh, 33 shots in this game in total. Uh, RB 11 and Bayern 22. I like RB. They've got some really quite good young players. They've got Adin Karim um, who obviously is like the sort of poster boy for the team. But the others look really good as well, don't they? First time I've ever seen them play, Chris, I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was surprised at this game. Like how... how Not how close, because it wasn't really close, but it wasn't... Like it wasn't a mauling either. No. You know what I mean? But yeah, it was just fun. It was um first time I'd watched Kingsley Coleman since yep. probably since he was like a kid. Mm. 
sort of thing, and yeah, he was he was fun to watch. But it was just a fun game, as you say. The Salzburg keeper probably kept them in, but they definitely had chances as well mm. to to go further ahead. Because obviously, Coleman equalised in the 89th, 90th minute or whatever. So yeah, it was just a, it was a fun game. I do think Bayern probably took them. I don't know if they took them lightly, but they were a bit. They set up in a really attacking formation, like a three-four-one-two type. Okay. I don't know if they always got. I mean, you you might know better than me, but. They just seemed a bit a bit open to start with. What? I don't know if it was a, an ego thing sort of thing, like, oh, well, you know, we can we can play how we like sort of thing against this lot. I know since Adam switched his allegiances from Everton to Bayern Munich, Bayern <laughs> lost 4-2 at the weekend to Bochum, and now they've drawn this game. So he's taking this sort of Everton charm over with him. <laughs> well, I wish he would go back to, to Everton because I'm set to lose a lot of money if... Um, they don't get relegated. <laughs> um, Tuesday night in the Premier League, there was Manchester United 2, Brighton 0, um, Cristiano Ronaldo in 51 minutes, and then Bruno Fernandes in 97 minutes after a Lewis Dunk red card. Um, don't know if you want to talk about that or not. Apparently United were quite poor in the first off and booed off at half-time. You hate to see it, don't yeah. you? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> I, I was gutted about this game because of, like us guys in the Sunday show are kind of bright in marks. <laughs> kind of got a wee soft spot for them but I think Brighton will be disappointed obviously Lewis Dunk getting sent off I think it was the right call mm. um, I, I haven't seen any of the game really apart from the the sending off just because obviously it was a talking point so I decided to kind of have, have a nose so um, was it as comfortable as the, the score shows? I've got no idea I didn't, I'm, I haven't watched uh, the highlights though <laughs> yeah I, I just didn't it was just one of the, we all predicted like a nil nil one all draw on the on the Sunday show for this game. Just obviously Man United quite turgid and Brighton don't really score many goals, so it, it's a massive. Regardless, it's a massive three points for Man United. Obviously, takes I, them back to the top four now. Yeah, I asked um, last week whether uh, teams of the size of Brighton fear going to Old Trafford anymore. You, remember, you know, imagine if Brighton had gone to United in the nineties or the noughties, they would have sort of been defeated the moment they sort of left the south coast sort of in their brains wouldn't they you don't get that anymore at Old Trafford do you well the only team I feel who's got that is Man City now mm. uh, I, I do feel Man City as much as I, I like I don't like admitting it but Man City have got that like teams just go afraid whereas mm. to beat Man City the best way to do it is actually attacking them um, and it, it probably would have been the same as United you know in the 90s early early 90s yeah yeah, I think teams they've seen Man City go to teams and win four or five without playing well, and yeah, I think teams are scared. And, and man, Old Trafford's definitely lost that fear factor. I, I said to you pre-pod as well last season, I took a, a spat the dummy because Liverpool drew with them, mm. like drew with Man United. I'm sure it was at Old Trafford as well. And I went in such a huff that I stopped watching football for six months. <laughs> um, you took it well then. I think that yeah, but th- that, it just shows like where football fans now see Man United. Um, and I think you said it again when we were talking off here. Like they're kind of in that Gerard Hulley area, Liverpool. For any Liverpool fans listening, you know they're at that. They're just a mess. Mm. And they need somebody like a Hulley type of this generation to come in and like steady the ship, build a project. You know, not just they've done it all wrong. Like completely. I mean, it's easy to say as an outsider, but I think we can all see that. Harry Maguire's not an 80 million striker and Paul Pogba's a mess and Sign Ronaldo was a terrible decision on the wages that he's on it just doesn't improve them no. it just it's it's like playing FIFA really and championship manager or football manager and just signing the best players 
just because you can. Yeah. Um, they need they need a Poch type. Poch is probably the one. I mean, you'll know more for, for like managers from from across Europe. But they need a, a manager who's going to come in and doesn't expect success right away, which will be hard with the Man United fan base. But you know, create that brand of football again. Mm. Um, just enjoy again. Let's just take it back to Liverpool. What was what we were like when Klopp came in? You know, we were conceding goals, but we could see there was a project. You could see that they were kind of doing something, and they need to bring in a manager for three, four years with basically a guarantee of not getting sacked. Finishing sixth and seventh in the first season shouldn't be an issue. Just start, you know, get rid of get rid of all the poison. Get rid of all the rubbish. Mm. Um, my, my biggest complaint at Man United is how Harry Maguire is playing every week. Like, what is their scouting and their analytics department doing? Because they, there's nobody can tell me they're analysing Harry Maguire's game and saying, yeah, he should be playing for Man United. And club captain. God, any captain. Under <laughs> 12's captain, he should be. Uh, right, well, that's Premier League and Champions League. Done some bits and bobs of uh, leagues around Europe coming this weekend. So, in Spain, um, Real Madrid are top on 54 points, Sevilla 50, uh, then Betis 43, Barcelona 40, uh, sorry, 39. So, this weekend, it's Valencia, Barcelona, Betis, Mallorca, uh, Real Madrid, Alaves, Espanyol versus Sevilla. But Sunday night is the big game match, uh, Athletic Bilbao versus Real Sociedad, it's the Basque derby. Um, Italy, here's a man from Manchester United, Stefano Piolo's AC Milan. Uh, he's on, uh, they're on 55 points, top of the league, point ahead of Inter, then Napoli 53, Juve 46. Uh, this weekend, Salernitana play Milan, uh, Inter play Sassuolo, Cagliari versus Napoli, and it's a Turin derby as Juve play Torino. Um, Germany, Bayern want to win their dodgy run, they're on 52 points, Dortmund 46, Bayer Leverkusen 41, and Leipzig 34. Uh, so it's Hertha Berlin versus Leipzig, Dortmund versus Borussia Mönchengladbach, Mainz versus Bayern, and Bayern versus Greuther Firth uh, in La France. Um, PSG 59 points, Marseille 46, Nice 41, so it's Nantes, P- uh, non- Nantes? That's somebody else, isn't it? <laughs> That's something else entirely. <laughs> non. Uh, non versus PSG, Marseille versus Clermont, and Nice versus Angers. Um, in news, uh, Barrow manager, Barrow of League 2, their manager Mark Cooper has been given an eight-game touchline ban for abusing and or using um, insulting words to assistant referee Helen Edwards in a match against Exeter in August. Uh, Dundee have appointed uh, Mark Scab McGee uh, as their manager, replacing James McPake, uh, McPale, McPake, McPake, isn't it? McPake, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who got them promoted last season and... Dundee have won their last two. Um, so that feels a little unfair. Replaced there with Mark Scab McGee after he left Leicester City to join Wolves after he said he wouldn't back in 1996. <laughs> I, I did wonder where the, the scab was coming from. I had no, absolutely no idea. Yeah, so Wolves were in. Uh, so he did all right with Leicester. Um, I think he'd got them to the brink of promotion. I nearly said us then. Uh, nearly got them to the brink of promotion. And then the Wolves vacancy came up and he said, I'm not joining, I'm happy where I am. Within 24 hours, he cleared off. That sounds like Gerard in the Aston Villa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sodded off straight away. And then Leicester brought in Martin O'Neill and the rest is history there. So, But yeah, he, he was never a popular man upon his uh, return. Um, but yeah, that poor James McPake guy. So he's won promotion and won his last two games. Um, is that a bit unfair sacking him? Probably yes, looking on the outside, but Dundee fans um, hated them and were were wanting red. Obviously, Dundee are pretty much second bottom of the league by a point, maybe two. Uh, I'll try to find the actual like table, but 
obviously Mark St Johnston are rooted to the bottom. Must be cup games on this weekend because there's no Premier League. Um, so I was trying to try to be clever and have a look there. <laughs> but they, yeah, so they're, they're they're bottom joint bottom of the league between. Here they are here yeah. So they they played a game less than St Johnston on and they've got 21 points. St Johnston 26 with 20 points, and then Ross County. Um, are six points clear, so it really is pretty much down to Saints and Dundee now. Oh, okay. Uh, and they would never hear the end of it if they they were relegated over, like keeping St Johnston up as well. Like, so there's three teams: there's Dundee, Dundee United, and St Johnston. Hmm. They're all like Tayside rivals. So Dundee and Dundee United are also the the mass rivals. The stadiums like ten yards away from each other. That's right. Yeah. And then obviously us and Perth are twenty miles down the road, but. It, 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 they would just never hear it so I think with the fans turning their back the, the decision to sack McPeak was probably done before you know the last two wins mm. and then just had to follow through because they probably already agree terms with, with, your, with your pal Mr McGee <laughs> <laughs> uh, Italian prosecutors have issued an international arrest warrant uh, for Rubinio this follows his rape conviction for uh, attacking an Albanian woman in a, a Milanese nightclub on her 23rd birthday um, what else have we got? Uh, Wade Rooney has been warned over his comments uh, made in a documentary where he said he deliberately wore longer studs uh, against Chelsea to try and injure somebody. Have you ever done that? Have I ever done it? Yeah. Try to injure somebody or wear longer studs? Yeah. <laughs> Try or... to injure somebody, yes. Longer studs, no, I always wore, always wore pla- mouldy plastic ones. Did you? Um... Okay, research for uh, a magazine called the Brain Injury Journal shows specific alterations in levels of uh, micro-runals, whatever they are. Well, there's something to do with DNA, it says, uh, in the brain after analysing blood samples from 89 Norwegian professionals. So what they did is they did sort of um, set-piece exercises on these professionals where it involved lots of heading, uh, plus other exercises as well where it involved lots of heading. Uh, and it showed sort of negative impacts on their... Um, on their brain afterwards. Um, do you reckon in ten years' time we'll be heading football still? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I just... Even though it could. I think I mean... we. I'll bring something else up again in a minute as well. I forgot to bring it up to the Liverpool game when we were talking about it. But okay. uh, the whole the whole heading thing. Football's in. Whilst it's a serious, hundred percent a serious issue, and we need to be. We need to be better in football again, which I'll come on to with the, the football, the actual game. But the, the way the way football is now, and the way the balls changed and and things like that, compared to what it was like, you know, before. Mm. I think that's where, obviously, the, the serious head injuries have come from. Some of the balls they were heading, you know, back then. I do think it's slightly a bit like, yeah, wait, we never want the ball in the air, but. There's, there's something beautiful about a nice header still, and as somebody who played in defence, you know, like those, those headed challenges and corner, like it's, it's, it, we can't take it away. It's what you live for as a defender, is it? Well, not live for, you know what I mean. But it's still there. And the, it, it, I, I have children who both play football and aren't allowed to to practice headering now at training. Hmm. Whilst I get the logic of this whole, there has to be a even if we're practicing it, because headers are never going to be taken out. For me, they're never going to be taken out of the game. I don't think they should. Other people might think different. So even if the header has to be done with a, a sponge ball, just so you can practice it. But headering is an art, no different to any other part of the game that we need to practice on. 
are, are we going to stop boxing? Are we going to stop any sort of, you know, martial arts? It's, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of them I feel you're never going to win. I don't have anybody affected by it, so it's like one of those, what can you, can you say? But I, I don't know. I just think, I don't know, too, Chris. I don't know, don't know the words to use for it, but for, as somebody who played football, I, I can't think of anything worse than not being able to head on a ball. Yeah. And not, not practising it as well, which makes it ten times worse. Okay. Uh, right, so what else have we got? Uh, in the CONCACAF Champions League, the last 16, some games this week. These are all first legs. Um, what do we have? Uh, Gustatoya of Guatemala. They lost 2-0 at home to Leon of Mexico. Uh, Santos to... Uh, Guapiles of Costa Rica. Um, Dave should be able to say Costa Rica in that Geordie accent of his. <laughs> Costa Rica. <laughs> uh, they were nil New York City FC2. Uh, Saprissa of Costa Rica. They drew 2-2 with UNAM of Mexico. Um, Cavalli of Haiti. They uh, lost 3-0 at home to New England Revolution, um, who uh, Cavalli then promptly withdrew from the tournament afterwards, so they can't have been happy. Uh, and Santos Laguna of Mexico won FC Montreal nil, and Forge FC of Canada nil, Cruz Azul of Mexico won. Um, Copa Libertadores, preliminary rounds. Uh, Barcelona of Ecuador drew nil nil with Montevideo Talk. Uh, Barcelona won 8-7 on penalties. Uh, Bolivar of Bolivia, uh, they beat Deportivo uh, Lara of Venezuela 4 0, so they go through 7 2 in Agra, and Olympia of Paraguay 2, Universidad of Peru 0, uh, so uh, Olympia go through 3 0 in Agra. Did you watch that video I sent you earlier? I did, I loved it. <laughs> so this is in Argentina, so a guy called Leandro Diaz of Estudiantes scored against Huracan and did the machine gun celebration, which I remember Gabriel Batistuta doing um, in Serie A. Uh, so basically did machine gun celebration to the, the Huracan fans, uh, which really upset them, uh, followed by an old lady saying, um, to do this right in front of the fans, are you crazy? We need to kill him. <laughs> which oh, I said... love it. The, the, the shit house rate is finest, isn't it? Yeah. I, I love that. Like, my my favourite moment in Premier League history might still be the Adebayor celebration against Arsenal. <laughs> it's just, just magic. Yeah, very much so. In fact, someone was looking out earlier. Was someone... Oh, it's a Twitter account. He's really, really good. Uh, I'll try and find it for you while I'm talking to you and trying to fill airtime. Just bear with me. Uh, yeah, he's called at Brian's Gun. So B R Y A N S G U W N. And basically, um, do you know him at all? No. He uh, he puts sort of old clips together and all sorts of stuff. So he was looking out the other day for um, players wildly celebrated in front of former clubs. So. That videos were pretty good. He um, uh, he put a compilation together the other week of 80s goalkeepers just booting it from goal kicks in the way they used to. So that was there for about two minutes. Another one was um, he'd done he'd just been doing voiceovers of uh, goals with different celebrities. So one was like Greg Wallace, sort of Greg Wallace on MasterChef, sort of talking on MasterChef but compiled over goals. Um, and he's been doing that with like three or four different celebrities. And the one they did the other day was um, Al Stewart from Home and Away narrating goals. <laughs> yeah, Flaming Galah, all that sort of thing, if you remember that. Have oh, a look out for him. He's really, really good. Really good lad. Um, so, yeah, right, well, that's news. Uh, Premier League is back this weekend. So, on Saturday at 12.30, it's West Ham versus Newcastle in the... Um, uh, on BT and the Denver Bar Derby on BT Sport. So Newcastle three straight wins. West Ham got four points from the last two games. Newcastle could be the first team in Premier League history to score from direct free kicks in four games in a row. 
something no team has ever done before. Uh, West Ham scored in all 12 of their home Premier League games so far. Um, so, obviously, first thing for Newcastle, minus Kieran Trippier, who's broken his back castle, uh, like it's 2006 all over again, uh, is to try and <laughs> to try and figure out how to stop West Ham scoring. Yeah, I mean, obviously Trippier would have been a massive part of that as well. Mm. Um, I don't know if they've got... Obviously, they'll have Matty Target back. Obviously, he was eligible last weekend playing against his parent club. Um, Did they buy cash as well? Did they buy him? Is it ca- no, no, ca- no, no. It was just Target. Cash was, was it? Uh, Dan Byrne. So Dan ah, Byrne okay, yeah. In. So Dan Byrne might have to go to fullback. Now, yeah. Uh, if Trippy is out, so it'll be. It's going to be a hard game. But also Newcastle, two, three wins in the bin, two wins in the bounce. Three straight wins, yeah. Three straight wins, yeah. Uh, West Ham are a bit hit and miss, but this is the sort of team that West Ham are likely to beat. Um, sorry, Dave. <laughs> what, you know, but I don't know. They're, they're not looking. I mean, apart from Jared Bowen, like they're not looking the way they had, they were at the start of the season. I mean, Dave again himself spoke every Sunday about West Ham was the team aside from Newcastle that he kind of looked out for. Mm. You know, what he, he, he wanted to watch. They were playing some nice football. They've got some nice players. David Moyes seems a nice guy. Um, I wouldn't go that far. He's happy for his players to kick cats. Well, yeah, well, I, I better not say too much in that. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm always going to pick Newcastle to win because I, I need Dave to stay on the show next season, and I really <laughs> don't want to start covering the championship. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be an interesting one. I've got to say, I'm a man who has kept uh, Michael Antonio and Sai Ben Rama in his fantasy team for probably about a month too long. Yes. Um, okay, Arsenal versus Brentford, three o'clock. Uh, so Brentford won two nil in the first game of the season. They beat Arsenal two nil on the opening game of the season. Um, Arsenal are unbeaten in thirty-two games at home versus promoted teams. That's a run that goes back to ninety-two, ninety-three against Blackburn. Uh, Brentford drew nil nil with Palace last weekend. That stopped that terrible losing run that they've been on, uh, been on for quite some few weeks. I think it was like five or six in a row they'd lost. Um, in 2022, Arsenal have scored as many goals in England as Liverpool have in Italy. Arsenal have scored as what? In 2022, Arsenal have scored as many goals in England as Liverpool have in Italy and Chelsea have in the United Arab Emirates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arsenal are terrible. Um, <laughs> I, no, we, I mean, we, we were a bit, you know, slagging off Man United earlier. And, um, Arsenal are no better. I mean, Arteta's been in the job two and a half year now, two year, two and a half. Yeah. Um, they, they seem to have no identity. I mean, the the best phrase I've seen from him is he's reduced their, their wage bill in half. But that's what happens when you you know you sign players on stupid money and then let them go for free. I'm pretty sure it's not a good business model. Well, <laughs> there's sorry, they're six points. Uh, sorry, sixth place on thirty nine points. So they are. Uh, four points and three games in hand behind Manchester United in fourth. So they're still in and around that Champions League spot, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they're quite good at beating the the teams. They sh- I say they should beat, but you know the the bottom the bottom two the bottom say ten teams. But as soon as they come up against anybody who's who's pretty good. Yeah, they're flat track bullies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who do you reckon is going to win this weekend, or is it be a draw? Um, I'm always going to go. 
Let me see. I had all these written down. Yeah. For my betting. Yeah. No, I think Arsenal are going to win purely on the basis I've got Brentford going down. So um, let's go with that. Let's go for an Arsenal 2 2 1. Okay. Uh, right, Aston Villa versus Watford at 3 o'clock in the Gabby Agbonlahor derby. Uh, Villa have won 1 out of 5. Um, Watford two consecutive losses and scored one goal in five, uh, which is uh, pretty poor. Um, Watford are the only team that haven't scored outside the box this season. In their Premier League history, they've scored 299 goals. Um, only 29 have been uh, outside the box. That's the second worst percentage ever after Wimbledon, stroke MK Dons, stroke whoever. Um, Jacob Ramsey's got five goals for Aston Villa so far. It's probably a bit more relevant stat. He's quite an important player to them. And Coutinho seems to have done okay since he's joined, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, he, he has. He's actually. I, I think we said it before he signed. I mean, not obviously your podcast, but we were talking about him just in general. But I'm saying, I think if Aston Villa could have got seventy, seventy-five percent of the Coutinho that the Liverpool had, yeah, still be their best player. You know, it's the level that uh, some of the Villa midfielders and attacking players were at. Uh, Coutinho. Yeah, I, I didn't watch much of him at Barcelona and, and Bayern. Uh, obviously, I went on Emma's Emma's glowing records of his Barcelona side, um, but I was never a huge fan of him at Liverpool. I, I kind of thought he was anonymous for eighty minutes of games, and then in those ten minutes, he could create absolute magic mm. and and look like the greatest player ever. And I, and I always kind of believed that he was never a player that influenced games. But he could win games if that made sense, and I, I think it's still the same for Villa. I think when he gets on the ball, he, he tries to make something happen. He's quite happy. He's quite happy for a player like a Coutinho to give the ball away when you can see he's trying to create for me. Um, I do. I mean, what's your thoughts on Gerard as a manager so far? Out of curiosity, because I mean, again, you know my thoughts on Gerard. Is, <laughs> I think we're quite similar. <laughs> yeah. But, so, what's your thoughts on him as a manager? I honestly think it might well be a bit too early to judge. Um, I think he did a good job with Rangers. I mean, the old adage is you only need to beat Celtic or Rangers if you, you know, you're the other manager. But I think to go an entire season unbeaten and do it shows yeah, that there is definitely something there. Um, but I still think he's only two seasons into his career. I think it's it's probably a little bit too early to judge. I think Villa will be an interesting job because. Um, they, you know, they can only be a short run of form away from going down, as they proved almost two two seasons ago. But at the same time, there's a decent group of players there. You've got Coutinho, Jacob Ramsey, um, one or two others as well. Uh, and I think if he can install the right sort of principles and right sort of philosophy in them, I reckon he could take them up towards the Conference League places, given a bit of time. I reckon he's quite an interesting appointment. I don't think he's anywhere near ready for Liverpool. Not in a million years. I, I think he's too negative. I think this is a bit. I don't know if it's down to the players he's got just now. Yeah. And he wants he wants others, but it's it's really turgid to watch. I mean, you'll get a good half where he's phenomenal. He's really good attacking, hmm. and then the next minute he's just getting basically Tyrone Mings punting the ball up to to Watkins and hoping for the best. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of disappointing, and I mean, for this game at the weekend, taking it back to that and. If this was any other team other than Watford, I, I I would say Villa could be in trouble because they're just so negative. But I think Watford are terrible, and and Roy Hodgson is I, I just don't think he's the answer for them just now. But 
Yeah, I think Villa could come away with a. a, a, a I'll say a two-one, purely because I think they'll like, try and hold on to a lead, and I think Watford will get a goal. Mm. Yeah, I I haven't seen enough of them to see whether their sort of their style of play is like or negative or not. But yeah, I can see him being the next Liverpool manager. I don't think he's ready for it. No, definitely not. And uh, I, I've always said that if he takes over the Liverpool job, um, that's when I stop watching the football again. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, as long as he gets it on merit, not his name. Yeah, I think we're a club that makes a lot of its progress and not progress. I think we're a club run on emotion a lot. I think that kind of scuppered us in 2013-14, you know, when we almost won the league and stuff. And there's all those sort of banners outside Melwood, Brendan, Maker's Dream and all that sort of thing. I don't think that helped at all. Um, I think maybe if he sort of shows a body of work over five years or so, then fine, by all means, employ him as Liverpool manager. But I don't think he's anywhere near ready at the moment. Um, right, Brighton versus Burnley. Brighton got one win in five. Burnley got one Premier League win all season. Um, and this probably explains a little bit why. So, um, Wout Weekhorst, their new signing in January. Three Premier League games for Burnley, zero goals, but he's had more shots, uh, eight, and more chances created, three, uh, than any other Burnley player uh, in that time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So he has lots yeah, of shots yeah. and he can't score, but he has more shots than anybody else. <laughs> That's not great, is it? No, it definitely isn't. Burnley's well, been a strange one this season, haven't they? It's, yeah. Um, I think I think this might be the year we finally lose Burnley, um, and I'm a massive Sean Dyche fan, so I'm, I'll be quite gutted. But I mean, this is a this is the this is the game of my two soft spot teams in Brighton and Burnley. So soft spot for uh, Burnley. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I've, I've always been a, a Sean Dyche fan. I kind of wanted to see him. Obviously, he's, he's never really had the backing. In the last few years, hence the way Burnley had. Now, Burnley would have been relegated two or three seasons ago mm. if it wasn't for Sean Dyche. And I don't like to have seen him given a, a Brighton, maybe not Brighton because obviously Potter doing a good job, but just like that, like that Villa never got Gerrard, maybe, you know, teams in and around that point. Wills, obviously, he was never going to go to Wills, but just that type of. Palace. To, or even Crystal Palace, yeah. Um, I, I'd like to see him with a bit of back in and see if. See what he could, I mean, he could prove me totally wrong, and he he might just be like a bang average manager. But I like I just I would have liked to have seen and I fell in love more with him when he was on the the couch podcast as well. He just I don't know. He just comes across as a guy that you'd love to just go for a pub lunch with. Just seems a honest guy. And when Liverpool obviously they took Liverpool's home undefeated record, but who we on? If any team was going to beat us, I, I, I would have loved it. I was happy for it to be Burnley. Oh, you know, we had to lose. We had to lose to somebody. Then, yeah, I'd give it to them. But I mean, again, it's my it's my two soft spot teams, um, and then I, I reckon Brighton will be. It'll be a yeah. I'm going to go for a one-one draw. One-one draw. Okay, Brighton only three points behind Spurs. Uh... Don't, don't score goals though. And this is the biggest issue with them. Yeah, they don't. So they've got Mopé and Trossard and uh, they haven't got Connolly at the moment. He's out on loan somewhere, isn't he? Um, but yeah, they don't tend to score. I... They haven't got anyone that's going to get 15 goals a season, I don't think. And, and that's a shame when you've got Tarek Lamptey creating all those chances for you as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I was really hard when I had 
the, the, the Brighton fan on at the start of the season was really hard on them for that very reason as well. Mm. The, if, you, if you're relying on what's his name now? Why he played for Arsenal? Oh, uh, uh, Danny Welbeck. Oh, Danny Welbeck. If Danny Welbeck's your answer, you need to start questioning you know, the, <laughs> the questions. It's, I, I believe the analytics team, the scouting department, have basically done great important. I mean, and if great important says he's happy with like Mopey and, and Welbeck, then he doesn't deserve a bigger job than, than Brighton either because it's not the answer. And even your your hero, Dewa Karigi, would have been a better option. That They should have looked to try and try and get a loan signing or even try to buy somebody like that. Might have been better for them. But... He, he leaves his club over my dead body. <laughs> I, I, look, I'll carry your, your body to the grave if it means he goes somewhere else. He'll bludgeon uh, me over the head with a spanner and drag me out. If that's what it takes, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to your wife now. Actually, she might help. Yeah, she'll be, <laughs> she'll be there with the shovel helping you. I, I just feel the Brighton board, both boards here have let, let managers down different ways, but you can't be going into a season and it just shows the job Potter's done. Yeah. But uh, they don't concede many goals. But they just don't score, and that's never going to progress you. Okay, uh, Crystal Palace versus Chelsea three o'clock. No Conor Gallagher for Palace. Obviously, can't play against his parent club. Um, Chelsea won one out of five. Palace have drawn three out of four. Uh, Chelsea have won in this fixture the last eight games in a row. But one for your fancy Premier League teams. If you've got Diogo Jota in and um, he's injured this week, Michael Elise averages a goal or an assist every seventy-five minutes this season for Crystal Palace. Yeah, he looks a talent, doesn't he? He does, yeah. I'm quite I mean, I'm quite excited by this Palace team and, and Patrick Vieira, you know, on the whole. Um I've been quite I don't know, there's just I mean they're not winning loads of games just now, but you can see there's a, a plan there. They're not mm. relying on over reliant on Zaha anymore. They said they're a weird thing. So th- Going forward, they've got Elise and they've got Eze and Zaha um, and even Edouard to some extent. But yeah, they're yeah. sort of beyond that, sort of as you go further back, they're looking quite stodgy. You know, MacArthur, McCarthy, um, Milivojevic, and they've still got Scott down in defence. You know, maybe he needs to sort of flare it up a little bit um, uh, as he um, uh, sort of stays there a little bit longer. Maybe, maybe he's a bit. Maybe next year we'll see a sort of Patrick Vieira midfield, and you know. With a bit more sort of yeah. purposefulness to them. Yeah, they, I mean that's their, probably their biggest area. They, they definitely need to sort out a couple of defenders and hopefully get Conor Gallagher in permanently. I mean, I, I just don't see him getting the game time at Chelsea as much as he should. I mean, he probably should be playing for them this season. Yeah. But I think if Crystal Palace can make a serious enough offer, I don't know, 20, 25 million maybe, maybe up to 30. Um, I think it'd be a really good investment. So I think he's a got a really big talent and they'd probably make profit on him, you know, in the long term. Um I, I do hate this when you loan a player out and can't play against you rule. Mm. If he's not good enough for you, just leave him. Um I'm not a fan of Edward. I think he's he's bang average. I think it's a poor signing from from Palace. But... Oh really? I was gonna ask you about that actually. So yeah. compared to how he got on last season to what you're seeing now. Yeah, no different. I think he's he turns up in big he turned up in some big games for Celtic. Don't get mm. me wrong. Especially the old forms, he was turning up and big, but he just goes. He reminds me. I don't know how much you watch the Giorgio. Remember Samaras? Yeah. So Samaras at Celtic would turn up in the big games and become. He would, if you watched only those games, he'd be the best player in the world. But there's just so many games. He was just 
bang out of miss really good chances and stuff like that. And and that's what reminds me of Edward. Um I mean he might go on to prove me wrong playing in a better league three he can't get bored as such. Um whatever he's done, he, he's made Christian Benteke his overall gameplay much better. So that's always a bonus for Palace as well. So hmm. we can yeah, we can see how that goes. Um, as far as Chelsea it'll be interesting obviously they'll be on a high coming off the, the Club World Cup um, but they're, they're a club that's in not turmoil as such but they're not looking the greatest just now are they no uh, form wise but I don't know I still expect a, a comfortable Chelsea win here um, and I've just pulled Lukaku into my draft league that we're in so I need a Lukaku performance here OK um, Liverpool versus Norwich 3 o'clock the Jan Mulby mm. derby uh, Liverpool won their last four Norwich drawn one lost one uh, their last two games but previously they had consecutive wins um, Liverpool in this fixture against Norwich in the Premier League uh, as I'm sure you probably know uh, averaged 2.8 goals per game um, <laughs> and they've already beaten Norwich 3-0 twice this season in the league and um, league cup yeah, I have nothing but good memories against. Uh, <laughs> all I remember is Suarez, to be honest. He yeah. like 95 goals in three games. Um, Volleying it in from 40 yards. Yeah, and, and obviously the 5-4 game, which I feel was kind of like the start of the clock revolution. Mm. You know, the Lallana last minute yeah. Yeah, goal. So, yeah, I still think he scuffed that shot. Oh, definitely, definitely. Lallana's never had a clean strike in his life. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously Jota's out, so... I'd like to think Matt sounds mean but I'd like to think with Jota will be now obviously Bobby I reckon they'll go with Bobby through the middle but if they don't I would like to see Salah through the middle and yep. play Diaz and Manny on the wing or just drop Manny and play Diaz Bobby and uh, Mo um, you can't drop Mo it doesn't matter how bad he's playing he is the best player in the world right now um, the midfield will be interesting especially we discussed earlier the changes made. I would like to see some more Thiago, Fabinho, and Naby. I, I, I think in a game like this, we don't need, like, we really don't need Thiago, Henderson, and Fabinho playing. No. It's three defensive players. Plus, we've got this midweek is, games in the cup final, haven't we? Well, I think, have we not got Leeds midweek? Yeah. Yeah, so, sorry, Ross, but this, this should be six points, <laughs> two comfortable games. You know, like we should be able to take players off in the 60th minute and start thinking about, you know, the next game. It's like if we are struggling to beat Norwich and Leeds again, sorry Ross, then we don't deserve to be challenging for the title. Deck chairs and cigars for Van Dyke and Canati at the back. Yeah, it really should be. I mean, I'd imagine Matip will come in. He shouldn't, but I'd imagine he would. I'd like to see. Again, I always seem like I'm being harsh on Robertson, but we have two really good left backs. I'd like to see them just get used. You know, bring Simicus in for one of these games because Robertson's minutes in the last few years is just ridiculous. Just give the boy a rest. Mm. Um, obviously, I expect big, big thing. in games like this. This is where you see Trent at his very best as well. Um, I, I, not enough's made of how good a footballer Trent Alexander Arnold is for his age and what he's achieved in such a short space of time. Yes, but I, I do think I'll see it and. You know, you probably should, but I, I, I think this should be a fairly routine, like two, three, or one. Oh. I just, I just don't see. It. I, it was, I, I, I know, I know you don't like it, but <laughs> can you? Like, there's no way you can look at this Norwich team and say 
yeah, they, they might do. I mean, Mike Dean's a referee, that might be the only negative connotation in the game, but I, I, I genuinely feel we stroll this game, no matter what team we put out. As lo- I, I really hope we don't play the Fabinho, Thiago and Henderson, mm. because I just feel that's too defensive in the midfield and we don't need that. Uh, if we're going to play that, then let Van Dijk go up front or something and just <laughs> just let Robertson and Trent play as wingers and that as well. But yeah, I, I can see this being a game, a bit like the Crystal Palace game a couple of seasons ago. You know, the 7-0 game. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't mean it'll be the same type of scoreline, but like I, I feel we'll get that quite high of, higher output, attacking output. I, I actually think Menomino might score in this game. You know that? Oh, OK, this yeah. Is, this is the game for him. But yeah, I'm going to go for a... For a 3-0 win. All right. Good man. Right. Southampton versus Everton, three o'clock. Uh, the James Beater Derby. Southampton, um, their last three, they've drawn against United, drawn against Man City, and beaten Spurs. Um, Everton beat Leeds last weekend, 3 0, but before that, I lost it. Well, at least their previous four. Um, <laughs> Southampton have lost once at home all season, and that was in uh, September against Wolves. Yeah, Southampton, again, we, we spoke about them. Hasselhoop. Hasselhoop. Hassel. No, that's Hassel. Which one's this? Hasselhoot. It's not the Hoff, it's Hasselhoot. Yeah, I get mixed up with uh, that and the, the Bayern Munich man. Well, it's a good job you're not appointing Premier League managers. You could have... Oh. Um... <laughs> you could have made that one bit. Yeah, you could have had him in kit roll up. <laughs> I think he's a really good manager. And, and yes. He, 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 he does this, doesn't he? He goes on this really good run of form, gets everybody really high on him. And then they'll get beat like 19-0 from somebody um, at the end of the season and it kind of brings you back down to earth but we, we spoke about it on the podcast on Sunday as well um, that obviously Ragnick in charge of Man United who's obviously uh, Hassel Hassel is um, kind of mentor type thing mm. so I wonder if Ralph would be a, a good like Man United option you know give him the time let him get his style of play in let him build um, obviously to do that he would need to do keep going the way he's going with Southampton making them hard to beat, making them win games, kind of climb that table as such. Uh, I think everybody who listens to Man in the Post knows my thoughts on the PE teacher as a football manager. <laughs> um, and then obviously going to that club, I'm absolutely delighted by the by the decision. But I mean, Southampton are 10th. Uh, obviously Spurs have got games in hand, but no, one or two gets them up. Yeah. Take them, yeah. I think probably nine times probably where they're going to finish, but I mean that's that's a good when you think the teams below them how much money they spend. I can't remember Southampton spending much money. Um obviously Everton have spent a lot over the last like five, six years. Terribly. It might have been the worst team who have spent money. Like where they we we spoke about Man United's wasting money, but at least they've got some good players in it. They just don't tick together. The the Everton funding that they've spent is is atrocious. Um, I, I do I do feel Southampton should win this but obviously Everton will be on a high after that Leeds result um, but Everton need to win I think Southampton will, will sneak it 2-1 OK uh, half past five on Sky is uh, the Paul Walsh derby that's Man City versus Spurs um, Conte has said that they've only got a 1% chance of making the Champions League this season uh, feels he's been weakened by uh, losing players in January. Um, City won four out of five. Spurs have uh, lost their last three, conceding seven goals. Um, this has got City written all over it, I guess, hasn't it? Yeah, I think every game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, hard, it's always hard to say against City unless, 
really unless they're playing Liverpool as such. And, and uh, again, it sounds biased being being a Liverpool fan, but it's only because look, I don't see Spurs attacking them. I know Spurs beat them at the start of the season, but they've lost they've lost two games this season, haven't they? They lost. I can't remember. The they we spoke about it. They lost two Spurs on their first game of the season. Spurs, and they've lost another one to somebody like low down. We we spoke about it on the podcast. I can't remember going through the results now, but. There's somebody stupid. It was Southampton. No, they drew with Southampton. See, now you've got me. Oh, I can't remember who it was. I remember the first one of the yeah. season because it was. I've written it down. So they lost to, to Spurs. Yeah, no, they lost to somebody. Oh, Crystal Palace. Okay. You lost two 0 to Crystal Palace as well, um, which is obviously. But again, it was because they attacked them. You know, mm. they got at them and keep tight. And Spurs have definitely got the players to do it. But Conte's not that type of manager that either. Um, Conte's trying to implement his usual defensive counter-attack but he's not going to defend us if you're missing Eric Dyer and that's a weak point for your team <laughs> Eric Dyer's not playing you have issues yeah. Harry Kane just doesn't want to be there I feel he's getting held hostage um, but I don't know why you'd want to keep him either uh, Yeah, I, I feel this is a fairly routine I'm going to go all out and say Man City are going to absolutely obliterate them in the hope that the footballing gods say, ah, your prediction is wrong and something like that. But yeah, I think Champions Elect City really um will will cruise to this. Uh right, Sunday, Leeds versus Manchester City, Lee Sharp Derby, two o'clock. Uh Leeds have got zero wins in three versus um oh, Leeds got zero wins in three. Man City won three out of their last five. <laughs> We've done it twice, Chris. I, sorry, I can't even think You've said Man City twice. Have I? You the Lee Sharp Derby and they're playing Man United. I've even written down Man City, honestly. <laughs> Every week. Right. The first time I let you <laughs> Damn it. Go then. What do you reckon? So Leeds versus, um, Leeds versus Man United. Um, will this be the Leeds players in their attacking way sort of throwing themselves against the wall that is the sort of Manchester United two blocks of the four and then United come out and do them on the break I think Leeds' problem is the players do throw themselves against the wall because they're, they're ridiculously bad um, I, I said it on again the Sunday I feel like all I've done is promote the Sunday show here I, 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 hopefully Ross didn't listen to it either because I kind of berated his, his Leeds but I do feel if any other manager is in charge of this Leeds team they go down with the record amount of points like because they're, they're a team take out Rafinha mm. and, and maybe Rodrigo although he doesn't play very well they're, a, they're not even an average team. They're, they're terrible. Like, there's nobody looking at this league team. Say Leeds want to go down, right? Which is possible. There's nobody looking at any player in this Leeds team thinking, do you know what? He'd do a job for us. You know, we could sign him on the cheap for next season. Like, mm-hmm. even, a, even a Burnley, I don't think, is looking at, like, a Stuart Dallas. Or, you know, and again, apart from Rafinha, I think they'll make loads of money off Rafinha. But, I mean... Jack Harrison maybe sorry I take that back Jack Harrison maybe um, I'm not sure many are looking at Dan James I know he's doing the job just now um, the goalkeepers I mean he's, he, he makes saves but he makes too many mistakes Ailing, Lorente Spook Dallas they're championship players and I think that's a credit I, I said it on the reason I started the, the rant on the podcast on Sunday was I think Bielsa should be manager of the year because what he's doing with the team is phenomenal um, but Man United are also turgid, which we've said time and time again. Um, and th- these two teams, well, these two sets of fans, just can't stand each other. And it's at Ellen Road or whatever the stadium's called. Mm. 
Right, is it still Ellen Road? Yeah. Um, so it's at Ellen Road. 50,000 fans, is it? 45,000 fans? I don't think there's that many. I think 40, I think. Is it? Yeah, I, I can see... I can see Leeds sneaking a wee draw out of this. Um, again, not because they're any good, more because of the the heated rivalry sort of thing and, and Man United being yeah. poor. But I can see that. Uh, finally, Wolves versus Leicester. The Steve Corrick derby at half past four um, <laughs> on Sky. Uh, Leicester have not won in the Premier League since 28th of December when they beat us. Um, Wolves have not conceded more than once. Uh, in the Premier League in 12 games that goes back to November um, and Ryan Jimenez has got five Premier League goals this season four of them have been winners so I think this is looking pretty iffy for City um, and I think Wolves are well in the shout for a Champions League place aren't they they are seventh on 37 points with two games in hand on United uh, who are six points ahead of them so yeah they're well yeah, in that think- shout yeah, Wolves, Wolves are going to this game as favourites and rightly so. Bright, uh, Brighton, Leicester have been terrible mm. um, pretty much most of the season. Again, most people know my thoughts on, on Brendan Rodgers. Um, I do think he's tired at Leicester's coming to the end. I do feel he'll jump before he gets pushed so he can maintain his his ego. I think a, a trip abroad will be up next for him, kind of going rejuvenate his career mm-hmm. again so he can then come back maybe to England and, and get a, a top top job or a bigger job again. Because I don't think after this season he would be in line for like an Arsenal job or or a, a United type job. Whereas if he'd done it last season off the, the FA Cup win, he might have been there or thereabout. But I said after the Arsenal game that Wolves will be kicking themselves that they lost to Arsenal. I mean, yeah. it's not, obviously, it's not embarrassing losing to Arsenal, but the run of form that Arsenal have been on and the way they're playing and the run of form Wolves have been on, I think that. Not so much the result, but just the, the performance. They, they were very lacklustre. It's like they didn't turn up. They kind of rolled over and got their belly tickled. And um, they would have been on 40 points had they beat Arsenal, which is a one point off West Ham, two points off United, three points off United. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you, you fancy them to beat Leicester here, takes them, you know, so it's their, and they've got two games in hand on Man United. They definitely would have been right in the mix for top four. I think there's an outside chance, as you say. They need to put in a, a good run of games again, obviously with the games in hand. But we know Europe and know the, the squad they got. I think their man—I don't know the man. I can't remember the manager's name, but he's got them playing very efficiently. I can't remember much about many of their games. That's not a bad thing for a team like Wolves. You know, they're just quietly going about their business. And yeah, I think this game should be almost almost like a routine. One or two nil win, you know, it won't be a high scoring game. I just think it'll be a very mature, boring, controlled game. Yeah, it won't be one worth watching, but I'm sure the Wolves fans will love it overall. Oh, I think they will. I don't think there's um, too much love lost between these uh, between these two teams. <laughs> I gathered that when you spoke about Mark McGee earlier on. Yeah, dirty scab. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, that brings us to the end of our um, friendly roundup. That brings us to the end of our podcast. Um, so, we are Man of the Post, part of the Man of the Post Network. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Man of the Post. Uh, you will be back on Sunday, Monday with Dave and Simon to review the games that we've been previewing, I guess. Indeed we will. We will record Sunday night and it will be in your ears first thing Monday morning for you to wake up to. Lovely jubbly. Uh, so you can follow us on Stitcher, Acast, Spotify uh, or Apple Podcasts. You can follow, subscribe, um, 
and all your future episodes will fall automatically into your inbox of your device. Uh, if you'd like to hear, you can rate and review us. That'd be uh, very nice as well. Um, Ali, if they want to follow you, how do they do that? Uh, not that you'd want to, but Ali Thompson 84, I think it is. They definitely would want to follow you. I can't see why anybody wouldn't. I can't remember the last time I tweeted, Chris. You I can't? Mean, okay, no, let's have a look. No, unless it's about the podcast. Um, I can't remember the last time I put out a tweet. Hey, really? Yeah, I'm wow. not really. I kind of gone off. I, I, I literally use Twitter now just for the, the podcast. Maybe start an odd argument with Liverpool fans. But um, yeah, I kind of just use it for, for our show and, and sharing, the, sharing the posts. Right, brilliant. Well, thank you ever so much for uh, jumping on. It's been a pleasure to have you. Um, yeah. Been lovely. Uh, no weeks for long the next time. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, You'll have to come on on a Sunday. We'll ask for permission once and come on and review the games that you've previewed. I don't, yeah, I should do. Sunday tends to be my ironing night, so uh, I can I'm sure I can move that to a different day. Well, you can iron and podcast at the same time. Do you think that's possible? Yeah. I'd hate to put the wrong device to my ears. That could be a trip to A&E. <laughs> yeah, maybe just get an extension on your microphone that you can just iron and just have it. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I'm right. sure Simon's done worse. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Brilliant, right. Thank you so much, and always remember to keep your man of the post. <laughs>